Hi book lovers! Do you want to make this summer your best reading season yet? Then you need to get your hands on the Biblio Lifestyle 2024 Summer Reading Guide. This year's guide is chocked full with 45 of the best new books carefully selected and organized into eight exciting categories. So whether you're in the mood for a flirty romance, a spine-tingling thriller, or something in between, we've got the perfect book waiting for you. Now, if 45 books sounds like way too much and you're looking for a more curated experience, the Minimalist Reads list features eight must-read books from across genres. But that's not all. The guide also includes fun recipes, engaging summer activities, plus thoughtful lifestyle and reading tips to enhance your summer reading experience. So head on over to thesummerreadingguide.com and download your free copy of the Biblio Lifestyle 2024 Summer Reading Guide. That's the word the, T-H-E, summerreadingguide.com. I'll also include a link in the show notes so you can sign up there. So download your free copy today and don't miss out on the ultimate summer reading experience and discovering your next favorite book. Happy reading! Have you downloaded your free copy of the Biblio Lifestyle 2023 Spring Reading Guide? It's a free downloadable PDF guide that shares some of the best new books of the season along with a list of fun things to do, spring-themed recipes and tips to help improve your reading life. So visit springreadingguide.com to download your free copy of the 2023 Spring Reading Guide. That's springreadingguide.com for your free copy of the 2023 Spring Reading Guide. Now, on to the episode. I'm Victoria from Biblio Lifestyle, and you're listening to the Reader's Couch Podcast, the show that will help you bridge the gap between living a full and busy life to one where you're reading, learning new things, and having fun. In today's episode, I'll be talking about the importance of including reading in your sleep hygiene. So if getting a good night's sleep sometimes feels elusive, or if there are days when it feels like you never got enough sleep, stay tuned. So my idea of a good time is spending time with book people. And if you feel the same way, I hope to see you on Thursday, April 27th through to Saturday, April 29th at the Epigraph Literary Festival. It's a free virtual event that's all about books, the joy of reading and the literary lifestyle. We also have an amazing author lineup, some great speakers and fun sessions. So visit epigraphlitfest.com to register for this fun virtual festival. That's epigraphlitfest.com to get your free tickets. Plus early birds get first dibs on event swag. So go to epigraphlitfest.com to register and I hope to see you there. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Reader's Couch podcast. Today, I'll be talking about the importance of including reading in your sleep hygiene. 
Sleep, in my opinion, is such an underrated and under-discussed part of self-care. And I also know that sometimes getting a good night's sleep can feel elusive because even though you do sleep, there are days when it feels like you didn't sleep enough. So it's always a perfect time to look at your sleep hygiene. Plus, it also helps that March is designated as National Sleep Awareness Month. So it's the perfect time to look at our current sleep habits and think about ways to prioritize sleep and start new healthy sleep habits and improve on the quantity and quality of sleep that we get. So I'm really excited to be talking about sleep hygiene and why it's important to include reading as a part of your routine. So the first question I normally ask folks when we're having a conversation about sleep hygiene is, how did you sleep last night? Honestly, and what is your sleep hygiene like? Now, for some of you, you might not be familiar with the terminology sleep hygiene. So first, let's talk about it. What is sleep hygiene? Now, the National Sleep Foundation defines sleep hygiene as, and I quote, a variety of different practices and habits that are necessary to have good nighttime sleep quality and full daytime alertness. Let me read that again. The National Sleep Foundation defines sleep hygiene as a variety of different practices and habits that are necessary to have good nighttime sleep quality and full daytime alertness. Now, I love this definition because it doesn't just focus on, okay, how many hours of sleep did you get? The key word is sleep quality right? So it's important that we have good sleep quality. But another side of it is that we need to have full daytime alertness. So it's the different practices and habits that we do in order to achieve both these things. So the goal is good sleep quality and full daytime alertness. Now, I also read that we also feel naturally tired at two different times of the day. Now, one time of the day might be a bit more noticeable than the other, but when I read this, it made so much sense to me. So I was reading on the National Sleep Foundation website that we naturally feel tired at two different times, at around 2 a.m., which is when I really don't notice it much, and at 2 p.m., which is when I notice it the most. Now, according to the website, this is a natural dip in alertness and it's kind of responsible for what we call the post-launch crash. Because if you think about the time you normally take lunch, for me, it's anywhere between 12.30 and 1-ish, sometimes 1.30 if I'm super late. But even if I have lunch at noon, I usually feel a dip at around 2pm, which it's not coincidental that that's also the same time I tend to have my afternoon coffee. So it was very interesting because I could just pick up patterns in my own life immediately after reading this information. Now, another question that's really popular is, well, what are the signs of poor sleep hygiene? Now, poor sleep hygiene can reveal itself in many forms, right? One sign is you might have a hard time falling asleep. You might also have a hard time staying asleep throughout the night. 
Some folks might find it difficult to focus during the day due to sleepiness and fatigue. Other signs of poor sleep hygiene could include insomnia, difficulty concentrating, you might be a bit moody, irritable, sometimes depressed. And here's another thing, again, which I found huge correlations in my life, is those who have poor sleep hygiene might find themselves craving sugary foods or caffeinated drinks during the day in an effort to stay awake and alert. So if you notice these signs in your life and they've become a regular occurrence, I think it's time to maybe step back and analyze your sleep habits and see, you know, which of these things need some attention in order to help you have a better night's sleep. And obviously, if sleeping is not your thing, maybe you need to seek medical attention. Um, But for me personally, the second I analyzed my sleep habits, what am I doing before bed? What do I do in the morning? And just all these different things. Once I started keeping track and then I started making subtle changes, I saw a whirlwind of difference. So for me, speaking from my own experience, um, when I started looking at my sleep hygiene, I realized I had really bad sleep hygiene. And once I started making changes, I saw improvement in my life. You might be wondering, what are some ways that you can develop better sleep hygiene? Now, of course, one thing you could do before bed is reading before you go to sleep. But I want you to think about it in a broader sense and how different things you do throughout your day can help you contribute to having better sleep and also helping to contribute to your sleep hygiene. So here's some things that you can do to help improve your sleep and sleep hygiene. So it's being mindful of your caffeine and alcohol consumption, sticking to a particular sleep and wake schedule, creating what I like to call a sleep oasis. So that's creating a space more than likely your bedroom that is dark and quiet. I want you to also think about avoiding napping during the day, uh, moving your body throughout the day and most importantly and I think this is a, a really hard one for some folks is disconnecting from your cell phone and your tablets and just anything that gives you blue light exposure just you know kind of disconnect from that as you get closer to the end of your day and I really think that these strategies can really help to improve your sleep and improve your sleep hygiene. Now, because we're readers here, I am here championing that you should include reading as a part of your sleep hygiene. Now, I want us to be honest with ourselves for a moment here and I want to ask you a question. Have you ever found yourself dozing off as you start reading? I know some folks might feel like maybe it's boredom, like the book is really boring. And sometimes that is true. But if you've ever found yourself dozing off when you're reading, it's not always about the material because it's actually a normal response to being still. And let's just assume you're not reading material on your mobile phone or something that has, you know, blue LED light. So I'm going to assume you're reading an actual paper book, a physical book, or maybe you're using a Kindle that um, doesn't have blue blue light. And once you've started reading, you know, sometimes you might find yourself dozing off. If you've chosen on purpose, though, to read something that's actually dull and maybe a bit boring, that might actually put you to sleep faster. So if you've ever found yourself dozing off as you're reading, it's a normal response. If you're saying, well, you know, I probably don't experience that, or maybe you're feeling doubtful about that, 
I want you to think back to childhood. Or if you're a parent, you know, I want you to consider your children's behavior for a second, because this is something I've thought about as well. So bedtime stories. If this is a nightly routine in your home, if it's a nightly ritual, if it's something you do with your children, or maybe your parents did it with you, And the reason I'm asking you to think back to your childhood or consider your own children's behavior, especially if bedtime stories are a nightly ritual, your children are asking, they want a bedtime story to help them fall asleep. And when I think about that, I think to myself, well, I don't believe there should be a reason that we can't carry this said ritual into our own adulthood. So whether it's something you experience as a child, whether it's something you do with your children, why not do it for yourself? And even if this is something that's completely foreign to you, I actually think this is a ritual that in our own lives as adults, because I think one of the best ways to improve your sleeping patterns is to read before going to bed. Why, you might ask? Well, reading relaxes your mind and it helps you transition from the busy world to one of quiet, peaceful slumber. And not only does it assist with you sleeping, but you might also find other enhanced benefits in your life, such as improved concentration. You might find you have more empathy for folks. You might even experience reduced stress levels. It might improve your creativity. There are just so many benefits of including reading in your life in general, but also as a part of your sleep hygiene. So if you're looking for something helpful, you know, to help promote better sleep, I recommend curling up with the book before bedtime. Now, as someone who used to have incredibly chaotic mornings, incredibly chaotic days, I would often feel sleep deprived. I would sleep, but I'd wake up just not being rested. I want to share with you just a couple tidbits about my sleep hygiene. So once upon a time, my mornings used to be terrible, right? I used to have to ask my husband to wake me up because alarms weren't working for me. And, you know, bless his heart, he would try, but it was just a mess. I'd wake up, I'd be exhausted. It's the never ending rush, getting everyone through the door. I'd be grabbing my cup of coffee and just kind of praying the caffeine kicks in so that I can get on with my day. But when I actually started slowing down, and I have a whole podcast episode on slowing down, I'll link that in the show notes. But when I started to slow down, when I started to be more mindful of how I was spending my time during the day, prioritizing taking care of myself and paying attention to my sleep hygiene, I actually started seeing just great benefits overall throughout my life. So when I started a new sleep hygiene, I had journaled what I had done. I had shared it online in a blog post, which I'll also link in the show notes. But I want to share what I did in the beginning in hopes that this could be helpful for someone who is just evaluating their sleep hygiene. And I think this is a great starting point for beginners who are slowing down and wanting to prioritize sleep. So the first thing I did was I started putting my phone away about 90 minutes before bedtime, sometimes two hours before bedtime, but you know, it all depends. But I would shoot for a minimum of 90 minutes before bedtime. So this included my mobile phone, my tablet, my laptop, all have, you know, blue light screens and stuff like that. So I shut everything down 90 minutes before bed. 
Then I wanted to make getting ready for bedtime special. So I was thinking about things that would help calm and soothe me. So the next thing I did was I swapped my usual shower gel for something that was more lavender scented because lavender is very calming for me and I find it incredibly soothing. So I swapped my shower gel. So part of my sleep hygiene, after putting my phone away, it's like, okay, time to take care of me. So I'm gonna shower, I'm gonna do brush my teeth, I'm gonna do my facial routine, all that stuff. Now lavender is calming so I incorporated lavender. The other thing I also did was I would brew myself a nice hot cup of tea. Now I would gravitate towards chamomile or peppermint just because again those are two flavours I found incredibly calming and soothing. I recommend opting for herbal options for tea because you really don't want to consume anything that has caffeine in it. After sipping my tea another thing I do is meditate. So I would engage in five minutes of meditation. So it wouldn't be something super long in the beginning because just being honest with you guys meditating was incredibly hard for me just learning how to shut my brain off was incredibly hard so I started with five minutes and you know progressively over time I do 10 minutes 15 minutes and so on but just kind of taking that time to kind of clear my head and meditate was incredibly helpful and then the last thing I do was select a book from my nightstand or my TBR stack to help me unwind now now here is a pro tip. If you're starting a new book and you historically have trouble get in, getting into a new book, I would recommend having, you know, two or three options nearby. So you can read a few pages of each book and whatever grabs your attention, you're like, okay, this is what we're doing. So once you've selected, you know, a book, I want you to get cozy in your bed and start reading. And again, if you find yourself dozing off, that's completely fine. It's natural, you know, kind of embrace that. Don't worry about it. If you're falling asleep, you know what? It's it's good. It's good for you. So just take that time and sleep. Don't grab for your cell phone or anything else to just distract you until bedtime. Just naturally fall to sleep. Because what happens if you start falling asleep and you're thinking, okay, the book is boring, it's not bedtime yet... When you grab that phone, it prevents the natural onset of sleep. So what we don't want to do is, if you're feeling bored with a book, is that now you go grab for social media or you grab for your phone and you start doing something else because that's just going to wind you up. So have book options, grab something else, start something else, and if you're falling asleep, just go asleep naturally. That is completely fine and welcome. So readers, I really hope you found today's episode informative and I hope that maybe you'll feel inspired to look at your current sleep habits, think about ways to prioritise sleep, start new healthy sleep habits and make reading a part of your sleep hygiene so that you can improve both the quantity and quality of the sleep that you get. So as always, listeners, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. And I'm looking forward to talking with you again soon. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to the Reader's Couch podcast. Please subscribe to the show, share it with a friend, and take a few seconds to leave a rating and review. Until next time, stay lounging, stay reading, and whenever you're in doubt, go straight to your local bookstore or library. Thanks again for listening and happy reading.